Hi, welcome to Wasting Warbler with Jim and this week also Jim. Megan's away working at a convention today, so we won't be able to talk to her. But I did talk to her previously to recording this, so let's get going. These past two weeks, Megan has been toiling away on our Halloween costumes. You may have seen them on her Instagram. She's working on Loop and Barry. I've been helping a little bit with the Barry part. Uh, she doesn't want me touching Loop. They look pretty good so far. Uh, she's just finished putting all the gold trim on the Loop costume. And between working on the Loop and Barry costume, she has started on her taco. The cape so far looks great. Uh, she started embroidering it, which from what I understand is a new thing for her. So that's really cool that she's started embroidering to kind of get to the next level of her costumes, so to speak. I know she said embroidering is a little bit more difficult on this than a, a normal thing that you would do because it is a stretchy material, but she's working with a couple of different things that might help that out. She obviously has one of those embroidery rings, and I believe she was talking about using some sort of back matting or spray. So we'll see if she ends up doing any of those, and we'll see how those come out. Uh, additionally, she started working on her umbrella for the taco costume, or as some of you might know it as, the Umbra Staff. So she got this rad umbrella with black lace around it, and she's going to do some crazy stuff on the insides. Right now we're kind of experimenting with some really thin coats of GAC 9000 to give us a nice layer to paint on in the inside without making it seep through to the outside. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this works. I, I did incorporate the GAC 900 mixed with acrylic paint on one of my Voltron helmets and it came out really nice. The other one I'm using Plastidip on. Uh, and then the third one, uh, I'm just going to try to go like real classic with uh, this like mixture material a bunch of people use on coating foam and we're going to compare those. But back to Loop Taco and Barry. So the Loop costume is pretty much I think like 95% done. She got her ears, a uh, little bit of work uh, painting to skin tone match. Those came out really cool. Um, she was working on a wig but then she kind of decided that her haircut that she has in real life is something that Loop might wear. So it was really cool to see that she was willing to go the full mile and she is, or she has already, dyed her hair blonde. Uh, and she has these hair waxes. So she threw in some pink tips and uh, it looks really rad, to tell you the truth. And then she got some uh, leggings and gloves that, that kind of match up with the character of Loop and look cool together. Uh, so I'm really excited to see, well, I have seen the costume mostly put together, but I'm really excited to see her, you know, really get down into character uh, all day with it. So that'll be cool uh, for Halloween. The berry is pretty much a very similar cloak, a little bit less extra on the sleeves and the hood. And then, you know, you got your classic berry blue jeans, crisp blue jeans, white t-shirt, and glasses, so that one's going to be easy for me. And that's going to be Halloween, so we'll let you know how that turns out. Our friends, well, not our friends, I mean, they are our friends. I shouldn't say they're not our friends. Uh, Megan's brother and his girlfriend, who's also our friend Katie, are going to be coming up for Halloween, and we've convinced them, to, didn't take much convincing, by the way, to be Taco and Kravitz. You guessed it. That was a pause for effect. That's what's been going on with our Halloween costumes. As far as her regular taco costume, like I said, the embroidery has been a really big thing. So I'm excited to see how that 
turns out when all is said and done. I think that's all she's been working on for the last couple of weeks. It's a lot of work, to be fair. Uh, I've just been continuing to kind of chug along with these Voltron helmets. Uh, the first one I did, I didn't quite use the right thickness foam. So the second one I did, I changed the thickness of the foam. I'm using a different coating material to kind of compare and contrast how they take paint and what I think is a little bit easier to work with. I did use the GAC 900 mixed with acrylic paint like I was talking about. And it looks really good. It's a little bit more entailed than, say, Plasti Dip. But it is it does seem to be a little bit more flexible than Plasti Dip. Plasti Dip is a little more rigid, so it can crack. I had a little bit of that problem with my Mercy Wings. Uh, so I'll cross that bridge when I come to it and start comparing them. The third one I'm going to be making, I'm going to be using to kind of teach Megan the basics I've learned about foam craft, which are really simple things I know I've already talked about. You know, always using a sharp blade, keeping your cuts at the angles you want them, straight cuts. If you know it's going to be a straight cut, you have to make it upright and straight. If you know it's going to be an angle cut, you have to make sure to make the same and contrasting angles on the other pieces if your angles are off uh, your your piece might end up being a little off and that's really easy to fix as it turns out I had a couple of my angles off uh, you can kind of tell when you're dry fitting it before you glue it which brings me to the next point of foam basics dry fitting is apparently really key <laughs> I know it sounds stupid to say it out loud but if you're trying to just cut something, glue it, and immediately put it together, you're gonna run into problems. It might not fit right. Cutting those pieces and then holding them up tight uh, at the seams, how they're gonna fit together actually, will kind of give you a better idea of what may need to get a little more cut or a little more dremeled before or after gluing. And I know that definitely helps me uh, making these helmets. So after cutting and dry fitting, you're gonna be getting into the glue. I'm basically using the DAP contact cement. It's really nice and it is a little bit cheaper than the barge, which is what a lot of professionals use, but I'm not really a professional yet. I've been doing this for a couple months, you know what I mean? So I really like the DAP uh, contact cement. From what I understand, from what people were talking about, they act very similarly. Um, so you take it, you spread your thin layer on each side of the foam you're going to contact, and then you have to wait for it to cure. And I know I talked about this before, being patient. You have to wait for it to cure. It has to be a thin layer. You want it to be tacky. Once these things are tacky, though, and you stick them together and you let them dry, that is such a good hold. And I've used other glues to hold foam together. I used a mixture of hot glue and super glue and all these other things for my Mercy Wings. And they held together, but they did look kind of sloppy. And I wish I had, you know, taken the plunge and just got some contact cement because really isn't that expensive for the amount you're going to be getting for what you spend. And it makes the final product look that much better after that what you're going to be doing is once your final piece is put together or at least partially put together because you might be doing this before you add another piece you're going to start dremeling and filling your holes so by dremeling you're, you might have edges that maybe didn't quite line up or a corner you don't like or maybe something isn't rounded enough so you're going to take your dremel with i believe your stone grind bit on it I believe that's what I've been using. I don't have the Dremel in my hand, but I believe that's the sand bit I've been using is the nice stone sanders. Uh, and that's going to allow you to start getting a really nice rounded finish on these. That's important because if you have these jagged edges, it becomes really hard to paint, really hard to fill, really hard to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. After you get your nice rounded edges, you're going to take some 
quick seal. I believe it's DAP quick seal. And then you're going to take that and fill in all your little gaps uh, that, you know, might have originated from maybe the foam not pushing all the way together. Maybe there's a little bubble in your glue. Maybe you had, I know if you're buying the cheaper foam like I do from Harbor Freight, don't tell professional cosplayers that I buy my foam at Harbor Freight. Some of them do not agree with that, apparently. <laughs> That's fine. I'm a cheap jerk. Um, I noticed I had a couple of imperfections in the foam, so I was able to use the quick seal and kind of fill it up with that before I went and put my uh, GAC 900 or Plasti Dip on it. So I'm not wasting too much of this more expensive material trying to fill in these little divots and holes when I could just take this and, you know, spend a couple minutes just spreading it around with my fingers in a couple of places to get a nice smoothed edge. Smoothed edge. Smoothed edge? Really me? Ridiculous. Anyway. After this, you're going to hit it with the sander again because when you're putting the quick seal on, you're going to get little bumps and grooves in places. You're going to want to sand those down, get it nice and smooth. After that, after everything's said and done and cured, then you're going to get your coating mixture. Um, like I said, Plasti Dip, GAC 900, what have you. And then you're going to coat it in that. Depending on what you're coating it in, you might need to seal it after. But regardless of what you're coating it in, you should be using a mask and some ventilation is really important. Um, like this stuff's basically plastic and poison. So you don't want to be breathing it in. You don't want the inside of your lungs coated in plastic. Like it's not good. Your body can't get oxygen. So you're going to be taking your coatings, getting it set up, getting your room set up so that, you know, it's just you and the piece you're painting. And if anyone's aiding you, they also have a mask. You have your mask on. You have your ventilation set up. Uh, we bought a little portable vent from Harbor Freight. It's pretty cheap, pretty affordable. You can plug it in, slap it in your doorway, gives you the proper ventilation you need, especially if you crack a window. Also in the room, then you can get that nice positive airflow and air pressure running through the room. What that's going to do is that's going to allow you to not suck up this stuff in your breath. With that being said, glasses, also kind of important. You don't want plastic in your eyes, it might seal your eyes shut. I have an old garbagey pair of regular glasses I've been wearing while I do this. Uh, you could also use safety glasses, goggles, what have you. Uh, my other glasses are very big. They cover my eyes. They kind of have a big enough frame where it's almost like a side shield. So it's really important that I'm being safe. Um, for me, additionally, we have pets in the house. So I don't want to be spraying anywhere they can get into, anywhere they might be hanging out and breathing. So we have a separate, dedicated room in the basement for this specifically. It's also the room we use for podcasting, so it's kind of sealed and soundproofed. There's a window we can open, there's a door we can open to, directly to the outside, set up the vent. Really, really important. After you get that all set up, you're going to let it dry, and then if required, uh, depending on what you're using, you might want to heat seal it. I believe the GAC 900 needs a light heat seal. You'd have to... Double check me on that, but I'm like pretty, pretty sure. It's a very light heat seal. If you were using it on clothes, I think you'd throw it in the clothes dryer for a little bit. So if you're using it on foam, you might want to hit it with a uh, heat gun very, very quickly. A low temperature from a little bit of a distance. Again, wearing your mask, proper ventilation setup. It does take a little bit of time to set before you can get to that point, but the final product is really nice, so I will say that. After that, then you can really start painting and going buck wild um, once everything's dry and set. And that's kind of cool. What I like about foam is that you can just kind of do so much with it. With that being said, let's get into our weekly question. Earlier this week, somebody asked me, how do you make your patterns? 
this is going to be a really important question that we're going to touch on again when Megan's here because she kind of started taking uh, a big interest in draping and making fabric patterns. And I know she does a ton of modifications to fabric patterns when she's making something. What I was kind of learning with that is that she makes these patterns or she cuts out the existing pattern, kind of looks at it, and then decides what she wants the entire thing to look like in comparison to what the regular thing looks like on the packaging. And then she'll take some like paper bags or cardboard and start cutting stuff out and see how it looks before she starts delving into the fabric. I'm going to let her get into that at a later date because there's a lot she knows about draping and customizing patterns that I do not know. What I do know, molding yourself for foam and warbler and all that. It's a little bit complicated, but also a little bit basic. So what a lot of cosplayers do is they'll take saran wrap and tape and they will uh, wrap the area they want to make armor in in saran wrap and tape uh, to kind of create the shape they want on them. And then they'll draw on it the actual armor. So if you were making a greave that is diamond shaped, you would make the entire circle on your hand uh, or on your wrist. Then from there, you would draw the diamond shape on it. Uh, then you would cut that off in a place where you would kind of want the seam to be on the foam or on the warbler. Then you would be able to see the kind of angles you need. Um, using the tape and saran wrap is going to kind of force it to be in a slightly less flexible position than if it was just saran wrap. So the mixture of the two will mean you'll then have to cut darts into the saran wrap and tape, which is what you're going to do on the foam. You're going to be cutting darts and then kind of pulling those edges of the darts together to get those nice rounded edges that you see in a lot of this armor. This is something that took me a surprisingly long time to kind of comprehend. So don't feel bad if on your first couple goes it's tough um, because it is definitely tougher than it seems. All the videos I watched are these people who are just, you know, one, two steps at this because they do it so often. It's something that's just second nature to them. So they'll take this uh, saran wrap, wrap themselves, duct tape, et cetera, et cetera. If you need help, ask for help. It's really hard to tape around your back, I will say. So you get it all taped on, uh, you get uh, it drawn on what you want, or you get help drawing it on, uh, like again, your back, maybe the back of your legs or whatever, it might be a little tough to draw on. Then you're gonna cut it off at the seams you want, uh, and then from there, you're gonna look at where it curves and start cutting the darts into where it curves to make it lay flat. Once this thing fully lays flat without having to be pushed down flat, that's your pattern. From there, you can cut that into the foam, start cutting the darts, and start pushing the darts together. Um, then it gets a little more complicated because you're going to start uh, heat molding the foam to kind of create that curve that the kind of saran wrap and tape do naturally on their own. So in that vein, it's going to take a little more time, uh, and you might you might mess up a couple pieces of foam. Definitely do this with foam before Warbler. You will. Huh? Get it? Get it? waste some warbler. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is you kind of want to use first saran wrap tape, try to get that that shape in. Then if you want, you can use a nice thick piece of cardboard to kind of emulate the shape. It's going to be really boxy. It's not going to quite look right, but it might give you an idea for form fitting. Then you might want to take a foam ruler, which you can make of the 
floor mats of that cheap foam that you might buy at Harbor Freight, it comes with that little edging. Uh, you can use that as a foam ruler to kind of give yourself a better idea of the thickness. Because um, you've basically made this thing out of saran wrap and tape, you might want to make the final product slightly bigger uh, just because when the foam changes shape, uh, it's not going to stretch like saran wrap does. It's It might contract in the heat. It might stretch in the heat. It depends on how you're moving it. So think about that as you're doing it. Uh, and, you know, let us know how you make out because I'm still relatively new to pattern making for foam, but I've had uh, a little bit of success and I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, the same thing can kind of be used for warbler. But with warbler, you want to kind of decide if you're going to be doing straight warbler armor, uh, sandwich warble armor or wrap warble armor and let's talk about those real quick so with straight warble armor you've got just a sheet of warble you are stretching to a certain point uh, molding to a certain point and then attaching straight to say fabric or maybe even strapping it right to yourself then you've got sandwich warble in which case you're going to find the shape you want shape your foam into it uh, and then you're going to take warble wrap it entirely on both sides around so you're sandwiching this piece of foam with warbler on both sides that can get kind of pricey is my problem with it the wrapping method is what i use for uh, my mercy costume and i think it comes out pretty good for most parts if it's something somebody's not going to see both sides of the the kind of corner wrapping method is definitely cheaper and just as good so the corner wrapping method you're going to cut your piece of warbler probably an extra half inch to two inches depending on the thickness of your foam uh, larger than the foam so then you're going to lay your foam on foam what is this 1997 you're going to lay your foam right on top of that warbler and then you can heat mold the warbler and wrap the edges around it to kind of uh, think of it like fingers grasping on a piece of wood or a wall they're really just gripping on hard so that the warbler is not going to fall off and once you heat mold it especially if you remember to go sticky side down once you get that heat on uh, and you start molding it, the warbler is going to kind of take care of the rest because it's a little bit sticky. It's a little bit uh, hard once it gets into place. So that's a really cool way to save some money on warbler. I know some of the tutorials I watched were all about sandwiching warbler, and I thought I needed so much more than I did, and I didn't. Uh, then you've got your detailing. With your detailing, you can either put the detailing in the foam and press the warbler into those details to kind of pronounce them or you can take your scrap pieces of warbler uh, kind of heat them up and remember when you used to play with play-doh you'd you'd kind of rub the play-doh between your hands to kind of make that log you can kind of almost do that with warbler and then as you heat it up start adding details into it you can kind of pinch it sculpt it when it's warm uh, I'm not sure how many times you can reheat it but you can definitely do it a couple times um, just remember that as you heat it, if you start pushing and pushing and pushing, the warble is going to get thinner and thinner, and that can be really, really problematic. Once the warble reaches a certain point, um, you shouldn't be heating it up anymore. You're At that point, you're going to be breaking the warble, and then you're going to have to get a warble patch. You can patch warble by simply sticking a scrap piece of warble on it, heat, melt, heat molding it to it, but then you've got a lot of sanding and coating to do. Then with your warble, you've got to coat it. Warbler doesn't accept paint as well as I thought it would. What you can do, really cheap, easy way to do this, go get some probably disposable brushes because it doesn't wash out so great, and then get some wood glue. Just your standard issue wood glue. You can get a bottle of it for about two bucks. Then you can just 
paint it on like you would paint a couple of layers of that and you'll have this nice shiny coat on top of your Warblood that will accept primer paint and all kinds of great stuff. And it comes out with a pretty good finish considering how cheap wood glue is in comparison to the craft you're working with there. What I do like about the foam is how much cheaper it is and how much less work it is. Um, if I'm making something out of Warbler, I almost have to do all that same work twice, foam and Warbler, because I don't like just the straight Warbler on my skin. It feels a little bit clanky and it feels almost Halloween costumey because there's no there's no weight and gravitas to it like there is with the foam. The combination of the two of them is great though. So I really want to point that out that uh, foam and Warbler, both great. Foam and Warbler together, even better. So it's a little shorter today because Megan isn't here to kind of back and forth with me. So I apologize for that. I hope I answered some questions and can kind of give a little insight to what I do with my little bit of foam crafting. I've been really lax on posting pictures lately, and I'm sorry about that. I know Megan has been super on top of posting pictures of her costumes, and they look so good. Hopefully in a couple weeks, I'll have a couple more things other than helmets to show you guys. I've made a couple of, or I've started making a couple of my patterns. I didn't like how they came out, so I'm gonna try them again. And then when I have a good pattern, I think it looks good, I'll show you guys what I did. I'm really excited for that, and and I think that's it. So feel free to send us any questions. You can tweet at us. We are at Wasting Warbler on Twitter. You can send us an email at WastingWarblerPodcast at gmail.com. You can feel free to check out any of our other podcasts. We run a couple other. I would recommend checking out Running With Short Swords. We just posted our first episode a week and a half ago, and our second episode is going to be coming out later this week. It's perfect for October. It is a horror-themed D&D game. As always, you can also find Megan at, at Cosplays on Instagram, and I am at Speeder Parker. Keep creating.